and Mike said it there, we can just purely think it's about the external, but really what it's all about is what God wants to do on the internal, and he does that through an external shift and a change. Um, because ultimately, like we've been talking about, he's preparing us, he's building us, we are making ourselves ready from the inside out. We talked about it today, that um, he is preparing us for his return. The Bible says that when he returns, he looks for faith. And um, I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about faith and obedience. Um, you haven't been with us. We've been talking along this theme of I, meaning Christ, will build my church. And we've been unpacking some of the core essentials to how he builds us up. And we've talked about through a revelation and an ongoing revelation of Christ in us, that the truth, the living truth is entering into us and changing us, changes from the inside out. Uh, and also through the power of the Spirit coming and working, doing a work. The disciples were radically different before Acts, uh, sorry, after Acts than they were before Acts. And it's a picture for us. You see these these men, these women, before uh, before the day of Pentecost, and then you see them after the outpouring of the Spirit, the pouring into them, and how they are different. They've been altered, not perfect, but radically altered, and continue to be altered. And so you see a man called Peter who denied Christ three times, and then you see a man called Peter who goes to his death. Quite a different picture from one man to another man, why he receives something from heaven inside of him and continues to receive more of Christ in him so then he's able to fulfill and go to his own death. Amazing, isn't it? And faith and obedience unlocks the kingdom. It locks the kingdom in us, it unlocks the kingdom through us, and it unlocks the kingdom around us. And so we're going to unpack some of that today. Um, Clay was going to be... Whoa. Dude, he's on it today. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but here we go. His power, faith and obedience. Um, Clay was going to be speaking today, but he's crook. And so <laughs> he's, um, he's asked me to fill in. So faith and obedience unlocks... Um, the kingdom reality in us and through us. Come with me to 1 John. 1 John 2, 4. 1 John 2, 4. 1 John 2, 4. It's all right, just blew in a bowl. It happens at our house all the time. <sighs> One John two four. Sorry, one John two three. One John two three, just as it four. That's right. It woke you up. If you weren't awake, you're awake now, aren't you? <laughs> By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his command commandments. Obedience Activated by faith and motivated by love unlocks everything. Let me say that again. Obedience activated by faith 
and motivated by love unlocks everything. So often when we, I think, when we read this, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments, it can possibly be quite a heavy thing that we can hear. Oh man, though, so if I don't keep his commandments, does that mean I don't know him? If I'm not living a life of obedience, does that mean I don't really know him? Well, there could be some truth to that. There could be truth to that. But ultimately what it says is this, if you know me, you will naturally, obedience will just naturally flow out of you. That's why our purpose is to come to know him. Through the knowing of him, through the literal revelation and continuous revealing back, unpeeling, the unraveling of Christ in you, you'll be found in the beautiful uh, flow of obedience. There'll be just a natural flow out of. Why? Because you've fallen in love. And it's no different to any other relationship. It's no different to a marriage. It's no different to a father and a mother with their, ch- with their children. There's this natural flowing of. And I don't know, sometimes I think we think an obedience is a swear word. We think it's a negative word. We hear the word obey and it has all this heavy, sort of heavy context with it or this heaviness with it. But really obedience is a beautiful word. Obedience is beautiful. Why? Because it unlocks the supernatural. It unlocks things. It creates a pathway for things. When Peter is in the boat and they've been out all night fishing and they've caught nothing and they come back in and they're washing their nets and Jesus says to them, put your nets back out into the deep, which means they have to pack up again, go back down to the deep, throw your nets on the other side. You will catch something. And we see Peter saying, Master, because you say so, we're going to do it. I don't necessarily understand it because I've done everything in my own strength and we've caught nothing. See, we need to believe to understand, not understand to believe. The world says, I need to understand something before I can believe in something. The kingdom says, I must believe to understand. And that's a beautiful picture of someone who's in his own mind going, we've been out in our strength, we've done everything we know how to do, and nothing. But because you say so, I'm going to obey. And then the kingdom reality, a supernatural reality, gets opened up to them, and they have a whole lot of fish. And what's fascinating is it says that they actually needed to bring in their other friends to help them with the catch, which means one person's obedience can unlock something for everybody to be involved in. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? That one person's obedience to Christ can unlock something in your whole family, can unlock something in a whole community, can unlock something in a whole nation, because it only takes one person with faith and obedience to make a difference, and a whole lot of people come into something because of a decision that was made. And fathers, as it's Father's Day today, that's a big responsibility that God puts on us to be fathers, to be leaders, and to lead our family into a reality. Because we're, I love what Harry said, my dad is my role model. To model something, to model a kingdom life, to model what this thing looks like, to model submission, 
to model humility, to model love. Why? Because you know him. Because you're pursuing him as the head of the home, as the leader of the home, through serving and through loving, not through a dictatorship model, but through the laying down of one's life model, which then unlocks something for everyone else to come into. And that principle applies in everything. It doesn't matter if it's your family, in your workplace, wherever you are, that principle can apply. And so obedience activated by faith and motivated by love. So what is faith? Come with me to Hebrews 11.1 1, as to what faith is. Because the Bible tells you what faith clearly is. And once again, if we're going to represent him and be his ambassadors more and more and more and represent him well. The Bible says that we are to be a letter that others read. So think about that. When they look at you, what do they read? So we are to be ambassadors. We are to represent him on the earth, to be like him. So once again, faith and obedience are a massive key. Another pillar to I will build my church. How does he build his church? Through people of faith, through people of obedience. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Everyone say the assurance of things hoped for. And then it says this, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. So through this faith, the men of old, who are the men of old? All the people in Hebrews 11, they gained approval. And if you do some homework, you'll see what they gained approval for. When you go to Revelation, it will unpack and it tells you that they're waiting for their bridal garments. And so through this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How do you get a conviction of things that you can't see? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Faith is the assurance of the things that I'm hoping for and a conviction of the things that I can't see, which ultimately means faith is the ability to see things in the Spirit. So true faith is the ability to see in a spiritual realm, to see truth for all it is, to be able to see Christ for who he is, to be able to see God, same thing, for who he is, to be able to see it. And through the ability to see it, it creates a conviction in, which means I'm then able to live out. It's an assurance of the things that I'm hoping for. See, David was able to partake of consecrated bread when he shouldn't have been able to. David was able to partake of something that was only for the priests and he then gave it to his men to eat when he really shouldn't have been able to. Why was he able to do that? Why was David able to partake of consecrated bread when he was living inside this law. Because he has an ability to see. He has an intimacy with God. He has an ability to see something and receive it now and live out something that was actually for the future. 
but it really was in the now. You see, Abraham's able to see a city that never was, but it was. He's able to see something in the future, but it wasn't right in front of him. And he's able to receive it and have it alter the way he lives and move towards it. Come with me to um, Hebrews 11.13. Hebrews 11.13. It says, all these, meaning the people in Hebrews 11, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance. Does that sound a bit crazy? Yeah? No? Let me read it again. All these, so all these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance. They didn't receive them, but then they welcomed them from a distance. So they see it is received. It's living in, moving towards for the day that they physically actually receive. But they've received the promise which alters them. You see, when I was then, when I was able to see the bride of Christ, when I was able to see the millennium, that's when my life radically started to change. So you've heard part of the story. I went on an 18-month process of being dismantled in my thinking and then to a measure, not all of it, and then put back together. And through that process of asking, seeking, and knocking on his door, like the man that came to his friend's door and was knocking, asking for bread, but it was midnight. He said, go away, my children are asleep, we're asleep, it's midnight. He said, I don't care, I want bread because I've got some guests coming. And until you give me the bread, I'm going nowhere. So I entered into this process of 18 months of that heartbeat, asking, seeking, and knocking to a frequency that I was hearing but hadn't yet understood in my head. My spirit started receiving things, but my mind couldn't figure it out, which means it was changing me, but I couldn't tell you what it was because I couldn't see it yet. But the day that it all arrived, the day that all the pieces of the puzzle came together and then I could see, the day I had a living conviction of the bride of Christ was the day that my language started to shift, some of the wording I would say started to shift, I would say this, it's all about reaching the lost. My whole purpose was about reaching the lost. I was creating a uh, this church to reach the lost. And now after that process, the words were, it's not actually all about reaching the lost. It's about becoming his bride. Now, if you know me, that wasn't just an idea I had. Because if you know the conviction that I carried that it was all about the lost, you'd know how strong that was 
So what was the thing that altered my mindset, the renewing of the mind? It was revelation. It was the ability to see as I, un, as I unpacked and went on a journey with him and he started to reveal a greater reality of himself. That changed the way I thought. That changed my priorities. That changed my focus. That was the thing that turned me from here now over to here. See, faith is the ability to see the future meaning the fullness of God, what God has in store, who He is for who He really is, who we are in Him, who we're called to become, and then you receive it now. So it's eternity is now. It's not the future. It's now. And we receive it now by faith. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in the knowledge of God and the fullness of the riches. See, this man, Paul, he saw a whole lot of stuff and he wrote it down for us. So often we just think this is nice theological information and we're happy just to understand it in our head. But this is so far from the reality. This man and everyone in here is writing what they're seeing. It's phenomenal. And so faith is the ability through the Spirit. Why? Because you're knocking, you're asking, and you're seeking. You're asking you're knocking and you're seeking. Who's happy with where they're at today with him? Who's content with where you're at? Now, do you want more? He wants you to want more. He's looking for people that want more. And that more will radically alter us. And then what happens is, is he started to show me this reality, then I have to be faithful to what I'm seeing. See, Mike and Ingrid, they have to be faithful to the door that's just been opened. So you can be presented the opportunity, but then you're not faithful to walk through what faith unlocks because fear kicks in and the unknown kicks in and you don't know what's in through the mist. And so for me, I then had to be faithful to what I'd seen. And I said this to God years ago. I said, the day that I have to play this thing is the day I leave. The day that I have to play it or I can't be who you call me to be or speak a reality because of the fear of man or the pressure of the people is the day I go do something else. And I remember this five years ago. He turned up in my ensuite when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> and he said, and he reminded me, he said, you know that little comment you made years ago about you never playing it? He said, Yep, he said, you're ready to live it out more and more? Yep, he said, come on, let's go then. You see, you have to be faithful to what he's showing you because for much is given, much is expected. He doesn't just show us stuff for the enjoyment of, that's really nice. He shows us things so then we're able to live them out so things change and then other people can come into the reality in which he has for everybody. But ultimately, everybody's going to go through the same process to come into. Because faith will activate something in you. When you can't see a reality, obedience needs to kick in. So faith is the ability to see something in a realm which you receive which creates a conviction. It's no longer a belief now, it's a conviction. Conviction and belief are different. You need belief to 
get conviction, but now it's a conviction. It's living in your heart. It's activated. There's now life, there's power, there's motivation now to move towards what you've seen. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's faith. If you don't have faith in a measure of being able to see, so if someone pronounces or shares a reality with you that's from their intimacy with him, and you're going, I don't understand that at all. I don't get that. Then obedience is then needed. It's like simple obedience. I'm just going to step out because I can't see it. But to be able to see it, obedience must kick in. Otherwise, you stand there going, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. And so you never, if it is true, you never come into that reality. That's why faith and obedience, obedience and faith go hand in hand. There were 12 men that went into the promised land, weren't there? So God gave his people the promised land, didn't he? He gave it to them. What an awesome God. He has given you and I so much stuff. When he said it is finished, he unlocked a doorway for a phenomenal life in him. He gave them the promised land. He's given us all of his kingdom to enjoy and experience and come into now and in the future. Okay? So he's given it. He's done it. It is finished. So our role is to enter into everything for us that he has for us to be transformed to bring glory to his name. Yes? So here are these 12 men. And they go into the promised land. And they come out of the promised land and give a report. How many men gave a good report? Out of how many? So 10 men came back. They all saw, sorry, the same thing, didn't they? It wasn't like the two saw something, the 10 didn't. They all saw the same thing. But 10 come back with a bad report. What happened to them? They never entered into, they eventually did die. They never entered into the promised land. Why? Because of a lack of faith. It says unbelief kept them out of the promised land, but God had given them the promised land. And two, two people out of ten came back, saw what they saw, reported it, and you see faith out of two and a lack of faith or belief and unbelief. Those aren't really great odds, are they? It says many are called, but only few get chosen. Many walked away from Christ, followers, because it all got too hard. See, the odds when you start reading this thing and you really start saying, they're not great. We have this perception that it's all, all the masses, but it's not actually, it's the few. The few come into the fullness. Why? Because faith and faithfulness is required in this thing. It's letting go of oneself. It's letting go of one's thinking. It's letting go and allowing him to come. Two out of ten saw the same thing, sight. We've seen it, but we know you've given it to us. They're not as big as what they look. 
But there's giants in the land. Yeah, but God, you've given it to us. How big is he compared to the giants? There is no comparison. There is no comparison between him and Satan. There's not even, it doesn't even come close. We give Satan honor that, I don't know why. So faith and obedience. Come with me to Luke 6, verses 46. Luke 6, 46. says this, says, Builders and Foundations is the title. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and it could not shake it because it had been well built. Everyone say well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was Great. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Any parents here relate to that with your kids? Thanks for honoring me today, sweetheart, making me breakfast in bed for Father's Day. That's awesome. Can you also do what I ask you to do? Because, sweetheart, you're eight, and I know you think you're 18, and I did this with my dad and my mom, and I thought I was four, and I thought I was 14, and you know, I know you think you have a greater wisdom than mum and dad, but you don't. But you still think you do. And we have this continuous process of, can you do this? No. Can you do this? No. But I know, but I know, but I know. Anyone relate to that? Anyone relate to that with you and God? He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He is God. I am not. And the day I settle this is the day that my life really starts to come into the fullness of what he has for me. But it will take faith. And it will take faithfulness to what is being shown. And here are these people that he's talking to. They're obviously followers because he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? So they are followers of him. Why give me that name? My non-Christian friends don't call him Lord, Lord. So he's speaking to his people. He's speaking to us. He said, why do you, why do you say this, but don't do what I say? Do you not know me? Could be a reality. Remember 1 John? If we know him, there's a natural wanting to obey. The fullness of who he is. Taste and see that I am good. Come to know me because on the full knowing and a continuous knowing, you'll find yourself doing what I've asked you to do. You'll find yourself laying your life down. You'll find yourself being obedient to my will, not yours. You'll find the struggle between what I want and what he wants just becoming easier and easier and easier. It's a beautiful thing to deny self. It's a beautiful thing. Obedient is a, obedience is a beautiful word. And you have this picture of these people, and he says, you know, the people that do what I say, when the stuff of life come, when the storms, when the trials, when the tribulations come, and it comes like a torrent, and hits, 
the building. The building stands. Why? Because of the inner transformation that's been happening in the building. Because the foundation and the pillars that this building is built upon are strong. And they resist. Remember what I said last week about make sure that you don't come short of the grace of God? Why? So no root of bitterness can get in you and then causes many to be defiled? See, this is the house that when something comes, when offense comes, it just stands there. And it takes it and it can able to just love back on the offense. See, this is someone who's being built. Why? Because of faith and obedience in him. Because they've got a revealed position of Christ continuing to be revealed. The power of the Spirit is operating in them and through them. And so when stuff happens and stuff is happening around the world and it's going to get darker and darker and darker, the church of Jesus Christ stands up and models something completely different to everybody else that's what? That's falling around and being smashed over. See, so much of our Christianity, guys, has been about here. It's about seeing God move and do things on the outside of you, which is awesome. One half of the picture and the other half is about what he wants to do here and what he wants to do here. And the problem is, or the opportunity is, we look and we see Christ doing all this stuff and because we're so outcome focused as people, instead of process focused, we need to be abiding in him. But because that's our natural thing is to be outcome driven, we just want to replicate the outcomes. But what's not happening, what we can't see, is none of us can see Christ's heartbeat and none of us can see his mindset. So he's living his life from a posture within him. Doesn't mean that we can see it. We just see him heal and go, oh man, it's all about healing. We just see him reach lost people. It's all about lost people. We see the external and we can get caught up in the giftings and all those things and not realize that really what it's about and what really he operated from was an internal world. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall see the Lord. Blessed are those who are peacekeepers, for the kingdom is theirs. Blessed are those who are persecuted. None of that is about reaching the lost, prophesying, using your gift, is it? You see, so there's this work that he wants to do. So when the storms of life come and the trials come and people that are close to us die or people, whatever happens, you lose your job or just someone comes and persecutes you, you're able to stand and demonstrate him. It's phenomenal. So let's go to Matthew 8 and then I'll wrap this up. Maybe get the guys back on stage, it'd be cool. There was a beautiful presence in the music, wasn't there? Those are, no pressure, Dave, but come on, mate. <laughs> Matthew 8. And this is a story about a centurion. I, lo- I love this. I love this story. I love that you know, he's put it in this for us to really uh, paint a picture. It says, we'll go from uh, 8.1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him. <laughs> Uh, and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, and go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 5. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearing, sorry, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. 
For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. The man's not even a Jew. He's a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. But he has faith. He has the ability to see. He actually sees who Christ is. He sees the authority on him. He's able to see who he is and what he's able to do. He says, you don't need to come to my house. If you say it, it'll be done. See, this man is not only being obedient, he's being faithful, and he understands how this whole thing works. He says, I have men under me. And when I say things, they have to do it. Because why? Because of the authority that's on me. And it unlocks something. He doesn't even get to the guy's house and yet the servant's healed. Remember what I said at the start? Obedience and faith will unlock things right in front of you in your life. But it will take faith and obedience for those things to be unlocked. Because it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to do it. Isn't it? But being honest, it's easy to give God lip service. It's easy to come week in, week out, sing the songs, pray the prayers. It's another thing to then do. He says, hear and do. The people that hear and do are the people whose house stands when the torrents come. Here's a man that hears, speaks a reality, sees his servant healed. And so faith, the ability to see, to ask, seek, and knock, to ask, seek, and knock, to ask, seek, and knock, to be able to see even who he is to a greater reality. Who am I in you? Adele came before and said, you know, she just felt that that people were struggling with their identity of the father, who the father is, maybe because of the natural father that you've had. And I want to encourage you to be able to ask, seek, and knock to see who the father is. If, if that is a reality that, that holds you back, ask, seek, and knock to be able to see, faith to see who the father is for who the father is, because that reality will have you overcoming the thing that's holding you now on earth. So much of what we do, we're so we're earthlings, anchored to the earth. We live according to the earth's ways. We don't realize it, but we're earthlings, as opposed to being ambassadors from another realm, living on earth, with the value system and the culture and the heartbeat. And what's interesting, if you keep reading on Hebrews, it actually in that Hebrews 11, it, it shows, it says that they were moving towards a heavenly home. It's phenomenal. This is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, come out tonight and be part of what God's going to do tonight. But we'll just pray and then we'll ask these guys to
do something. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are building us and you are building us your way. And it will be different for each person, but it will be similar. And I thank you for the opportunities that you're creating for us to step out and to be faithful to what you're doing. No matter what that looks like, whether that's in our own neighborhood or it's on the other side of the world. So, Father, we just want to thank you for this incredible work you're doing in us. And I pray, Lord, that we would encourage one another to be all we can be in you. We would be inviting people to walk with us. We would share.